Beards for Radio. Hey, Sasha, what's up? What's up, brother? Can you hear me? Yeah, you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Feels good to be back. It does feel good to be back. So I guess it's just uh, two different profiles and then you just put it on the one. Cool. Sounds good. I think it's that it would let us record up to 15 minutes with the co-host. So we'll just do like a a few 15-minute segments and add like transitions in between. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. So we're just going to go back and forth and call back in. I think so. Okay. I'm down. All right. You want to start us off? I will start us off. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 1, an acre edition of Beards for Radio. Like always, I'm Sasha. And I'm Joe. And we got a show for you. Definitely talking about uh, a little little later. I know it's a few weeks out, but we're talking about the uh, Warriors and the Cavs final game. We're going to go into the draft a little bit. Talks about Kawhi and LeBron, where they're headed to. And we're going to uh, end it off with a little on solo talk and a little bit of uh, Infinity War talk. So, Joe, if you want to start it off, man, um, uh, we're going to talk about the Warriors and the Cavs, man. What do you think happened in that series? And was it lackluster or did you enjoy it? Um, You know, I think the only people who enjoyed it were Warriors fans or LeBron haters because uh, there wasn't really much to enjoy. Uh, aside from game one, which went into overtime after uh, J.R. Smith just totally forgot the score, just didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was probably the biggest sports blunder since uh, the trouble with the snap play, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely up there. I think it's on a grander scale, though, man. I mean, you're playing for all the chips, yeah. dude. And, you know, you can't you cannot in that capacity being a a professional, you know, not have your mind right at that moment, you know, and plus they had a timeout, yeah. you know, it's like, man, you know, so much stuff yeah. slipped out of their hand at that moment. Is that on the coaching staff? Is that on JR? Like, I think it fall. it doesn't just fall on JR Smith, but he's the easiest culprit to pin it on. But, you know, I thought, right. I thought the first three games were competitive, but we already knew the outcome. Like once game one went into overtime, you had to figure Golden State was winning. Game two game and game three were competitive, but you knew Golden State just had more firepower, more depth, more star play, you know, better coaching in my opinion. And right. then game four was just over. Like, it was done. There's no way. Yeah, most definitely. I think after game one, I think it just deflated LeBron. And then he, like – and then, you know, post post – you know, game, you know, interviews is like he's saying, okay, well, you know, if KD has a bad game, Steph will pick it up. You know, if Clay and Steph has a bad game, KD will pick it up. And which he has a good point because he doesn't have like dudes that can pick up the slack when, like, you know, he goes 110%. You know what I'm saying? You know, at, at, at 33 years of age, you know, where a lot of people should be slowing down, he's seems to be revving up. Right. So, he just played every but, single game in the season and the playoffs for the first time in his career. Right. That's that's nuts. And like I I believe that he was gassed, and I believe that no one could help him 
and he has a you know good point. But then again, it's like don't say that, dude. Your, your dudes are basically hearing you say that no one can pick up the slack on this team. I'm the only one that picks up the slack, which is in hindsight, you know, you look back on it, and you know, yeah, yeah, LeBron pretty much carried. Cleveland to the playoffs, man. You know, other than uh, Kevin Love, and he didn't even show up. That you know, you know, he's not the Kevin Love from you know old Minnesota. You know, so yeah. Well, keep in mind, yeah, he, dude. I, I, LeBron pretty much put this team together, though. That's I mean, true. he didn't trade. That's he didn't true. want Kyrie he, to leave, but he pretty much put this team together, right? Like these are all his guys for the most part. No, yeah, you're right, man. You know, and he he is he is one thing I'll say he is uh, good with Jordan or even with Jordan at is being a player exec because they sucked at it. Mm-hmm. But Jordan did it. Jordan did it in the Wizards, you know, when he was, you know, 39 years old. LeBron's do, been doing it. Yeah. And it hasn't been working for him. You know, he's he's negative in the in the finals championship. So something's got to change with how he approaches, you know, the whole aspect about trading and putting players together. Yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, and you know, obviously Kyrie used to be the guy who could pick up the slack if LeBron couldn't go 110%. Um right, right, right. And, you know, Kevin Love, he's not he's not the Kevin Love he used to be even 2 years ago. I thought Kevin Love was a star. I still think he's a quality player, but he's not he's not like all-star Kevin Love, you know, fresh out of UCLA. I think Kevin Love is more of a Robin or even more of like a Nightwing like a little more of a sidekick than a Robin at this point in his career. Right. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I just, I just don't see anybody stopping the Warriors. Man, they just have too many weapons. They play like almost they play basketball at its purest form. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, the ball spread. They, they, it's always that extra pass that they give, and the you know their shooting's lights out. You know, so. I don't see anyone beating the Warriors anytime soon. So that's why I think the whole buzz with, you know, what we're going to get into later, Kawhi and, and LeBron, you know, because those are the two guys that can actually, you can like, if you put those two guys somewhere together, man, you might be able to stop the Warriors. But right now, you know, for the next decade, I see that there's, we're going to be talking about three or four teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're rolling. And, they are fun to watch. Like it's it's almost difficult to cheer against them. Like when we see these dynasties rise, like the Patriots and the Spurs, or like the Cowboys of the old, or Alabama in football right now. Usually we want to see them fall. Usually we want to see those dynasties fall. But Golden State, like they're just so fun to watch, and they do have my boy Draymond Green from Michigan State, obviously. So that's when I started watching them, but. I mean, they've got the best shooter, if not in NBA history, at least of the last decade, you know, in Steph Curry. They've got a great 3 and D player in Klay Thompson. Kevin Durant is one of the all-time great scorers. He should have been the number one overall pick in 07. And uh, Andre, Andre Iguodala can play the 3 to the 5 if needed. You Iguodala, know. Iguodala used to be the main guy on whatever team he was on. Yeah, it's the 76ers. When he was in the 76ers, man, he was he was a stud right there at the ass end of Iverson and everything. Yeah. And then Draymond Green is kind of like a throwback type player. Like, he does the dirty work. People dog him for being the fourth or fifth scoring option, but that's not his game, man. You know, he's 
he gets the triple double in the right way. Like he doesn't go out and be like, okay, I'm seeking the triple double tonight. It's like, no, he just makes his passes. He gets, there are certain points in a game. Like we always hear about the Warriors taking over the third quarter. Part of that is because Draymond just envelopes every single rebound that is in his area code. Like if the ball near him, he just engulfs it. It's his rebound. But not only does he get those triple doubles or usually gets like, you know, like eight assists, six, you know, six rebounds, eight rebounds, six assists. He's like in the eight, eight, eight area or whatever. Yeah. He, he has steel. He has like multiple steals a game, multiple blocks a game. You know what I'm saying? And just the fact that like I've watched one game where he switched off on all five players on the squad in one, in, you know, in one, uh, know go down the court dude the dude just his defensive mind is just amazing and he's just not selfish he doesn't care about scoring down the down the down the court that dude is basically a stat sheet stuffer you know what i'm saying yeah. he's gonna get you he's gonna do good in every aspect of the game man and that's and that and, and to me that goes back to the Izzo co- Izzo's coaching you know what i'm saying you know and he's just he plays he plays that old school hard-nosed you know basketball that you know a lot of people don't play nowadays yeah and he, you know, he has Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson on his team. He doesn't need to be a scorer, right? Right. No. I mean, obviously, we we may never know if he could be the top scorer on a team because he might spend his whole career in Golden State. Um, but you know, it's working for him. He's got three rings now. And honestly, I think yeah. if he doesn't get ejected or um suspended that one game in twenty sixteen. I think not only do the Warriors win that series, but Draymond wins Finals MVP that season. That that Finals, you know, that that is a hot take, man, because the, he was a big reason, you know, why he's he's that X factor. You know, what I'm saying he's that silent killer, and no one sees it because you see a seven foot, you know, two. I don't, he's not six foot nine. He's like seven foot two. Right, well, you know, like cro- crossover spin and shoot. He's not like a so, specimen like you see a lot of NBA players. Right, but man, dude, he holds his ground. He plays, you know, bigger than he is, and you know that's how I played when I was, you know, younger. You know, because I was I was the tallest kid amongst my schools, but still I was six foot three. But hey, you're center because you're tall. He had to play bigger than you were. I understood that, and man, Draymond Green plays that. He does that role very well. So, yeah. no Warriors. In the last couple of years, he's got one of the few triple doubles without scoring in double figures. I think there's only like three or four other NBA players ever to do that. Yeah, he's he's just somebody that you get to want on your anchor, and just somebody that you want to go to war with. That's Draymond. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna back you up, and he's gonna get in people's faces, and he's gonna get in people's minds, and he's gonna do the uh, Kendrick Perkins twerk on the, you know, at the uh, at the block taunting him. But hey, dude, that's basketball, and it's working for them. And three out of four is seventy five percent. If I'm doing the math right, mm-hmm. LeBron's what three for three for eight. Three for what? Three for nine. Yeah, three out of eight. Yeah. three for nine. Yeah. That's, you know, that's that's thirty three percent. So is who? What's working? <laughs> you know. So hey, 
you know, they got to do something because I don't see anybody stopping the Warriors anytime soon. So, yeah, you know, wherever, Le- wherever LeBron or Kawhi want to go, they need to team up. And I, that's the only way I can see them taking mm-hmm. And don't forget, there are quite a few. Uh, there are quite a few free agents this summer too, uh, namely Paul George, who grew up a Lakers fan. Kawhi has mm-hmm. said he wants to be traded to Los Angeles, specifically the Lakers. Lakers just got Mo Wagner too in the draft. Maybe we could I see do. a little bit of a Showtime resurrection out there. I mean, if you think about it, dude, like. <sighs> If you just want to, like, you know, we could just talk about Kawhi and LeBron together because I feel like, you know, there's so many places where these guys can go. But if LeBron goes to the Lakers, man, the Lakers are going to have to give up a lot. You know, they're going to have to give up Lonzo Ball. They're going to have to give up Kyle Kuzma. They might even have to give up Julius Randle, you know. And I wouldn't want to do that, you know what I'm saying, just for – because you have these three young players – and they're starting to like to me. I think Kyle Kuzma's the best out of those three. I think Kyle Kuzma's going to be a stud. But you know, you're you going to give it up for what three, four years of maybe you don't know. You bring Paul George over, Kawhi wants to come over, you know, and you know, it, it, it's enticing because Mo, Mo Wagner is going to be that stretch four that's you know kind of needed. You know, it was a good pickup for the Lakers. And does that entice LeBron because you know? Uh, loves, you know, kind of, you know, I feel like the ass end of his career, he's always getting hurt, banged up. Mm-hmm. But I I don't see LeBron going to the Lakers. I see LeBron actually staying in Cleveland. If they can if if they can get Kemba Walker over there from uh from uh Charlotte, uh I can honestly yeah, I can honestly see him staying, but they still need a two guard cuz I do not I after after what happened with J.R. Smith, you know, the past two, three years, he's he's too, you know, he's too, you know, like head in the clouds. Obviously, we saw it. <laughs> you know, he could have he put it back up. He could have called time out something. You know, head was in the clouds. He didn't know. He wasn't thinking. At that moment, you're, you're on the biggest stage. At that moment, for professional sports, you should be aware. You know, mm-hmm. that's my opinion. I think a lot of people think the same same way. Yeah. But they're going to need to do a lot more than Kemba Walker to beat the Warriors and do good in the East because there's a lot of monsters coming out of the East right now. Yeah. And can LeBron still kind of take them? Before we go back to the Lakers, um, yeah, I, I kind of agree. Like, I don't think it's a done deal that LeBron is leaving Cleveland but I, I do think he stays in the East at, at the very least. Um, Cleveland did just draft uh, Colin Sexton out of Alabama. I think that's a good draft pick to uh, kind of entice LeBron to stay because he's kind of that combo. Could be the point, could be the two guard, could do either or. You know, he can catch and shoot, he can drive. He's just an offensive weapon. Um, if If that entices LeBron to stay, I think you could get one of the bigger – free agent names out there. But let's say the Lakers, um, out of the three players, uh, Lonzo, Kuzma, and Randall, they have to trade one and like a first-round pick to get Kawhi. They probably have to give away more than that. But let's just hypothetically say they have to trade uh, Lonzo or Kuzma or Randall and a first for Kawhi and then sign Paul George. So you got – 
two of those three, Kawhi, Paul George, Wagner, and um, I don't know who else they got on their team, actually. But, yeah, like – Right. That would be like you know yeah. they're talking they're talking they're talking about LA Lakers if they want to go to LA Lakers they're talking about freaking Lonzo Ball Kuzma who you know those are two young up and coming guys Luel Deng well the corpse of Luel Deng you know I don't know you know you know how good he he's good how he's going to be good and and I and I'm sure you'd have to give up some first round draft picks you're correct on at that. least at least one or two right, right. and. Let's not forget about uh, the Nuggets and the Timberwolves this past year. Like, they came down to one game to play for the final spot in the West, and those are two young teams. Uh, the final game of the season, they had to play each other. The winner went to the playoffs. The loser went home. Timberwolves won it at home to go to the playoffs, but the Nuggets just drafted Michael Porter Jr., who could be the best player in the draft, or he might not even play more than two seasons because of his back. But if Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, develops into the player he could be in Denver, th- I could see them not unseating the Warriors, but they could be one of the next big teams in the West with uh, Nikola Jokic is one of the better post scorers in the in the NBA, I think, and he's young. Gary Harris is uh, a good two-way player. Sure. Yeah, and he's a good shooter. Right. He's really developed his shooting game. And then they got Jamal Murray. They're, they're kind of a positionless team, but Jamal Murray kind of takes over the point guard position, even though they're kind of a fluid offense. Right. Most definitely. That Yeah, that Nuggets, That's it's intriguing. Uh, it really is intriguing. If Wow. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Michael Porter Jr.'s stock went down because of his back surgery. But, like, all in all, that guy looks pretty solid, man. He looks like – he, he he's those like Ben Simmons type small forwards, you know, you know, that, that could, that could, you know, be a good spot for, you know, for where he's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we want to move into uh NBA draft talk, uh, obviously the Pistons with the 12th overall pick took Blake Griffin out of the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> uh, but no, we don't have to go down this road, but let's just look at like some of the names that were available uh, where the Pistons hypothetically would have picked. Um, Miles Bridges. <laughs> Miles Bridges, uh, tra- drafted by the Clippers and traded to the Hornets, playing for Michael. And um, yep. Michael Porter Jr. was available. Mo Wagner was available. There's, yeah. There's a, there's a, there was a ton of dudes, man, ton of dudes, but yeah, but like the, the first three, I'm going to focus like pretty much on the the first three, because I think the first three is kind of intriguing. Got DeAndre Ayton, he's going to the Suns, you know, the Suns have a lot of young dudes, you know what I'm saying? They, um, they got Booker, we know Booker is the man, they got Josh Jackson, Tyson Chandler is kind of like an older head. You know, he, he can kind of be around, to, you know, yeah. to mentor a little bit. But they got Mikhail Bridges, man. They did. Too. Yeah. I'm surprised Philly really traded him. Wow. Yeah. Wow, dude. They got two young, good players that play that good freaking programs, dude. So I'm really curious to see how the Suns turn around because, you know, with all the talent they had and, you know, with all the, like, mentoring and, like, the 
experience they have, you know, coming off the bench, dude. Mm-hmm. I thought they should have done better this year. I think they would have been one of the worst teams, but you know, that's those are two good young additions, man, where you can grow off these, you know, w- one of the best small forwards in the draft. You got him. Yeah. One of the best big men, the, probably the best big man in the draft, him or Mo Bamba, you know, you got him. Yeah. So they got to do something with it. Uh, I like where the Suns are headed. It's very, very intriguing. So I don't know how that's going to pan out, but it's it's – it's intriguing. It really is. I mean, basketball is a team sport and it's hard to fake chemistry. Like chemistry is one of the bigger, um, one of the bigger, uh, like definers of success. You see teams with chemistry just do so much better. So maybe, maybe if the Suns can just like get some chemistry together, get working together, they could, they could be one of those teams. Yeah. I thought Mikhail Bridges to Philly, was was like a really good draft pick. He played at Villanova, right? I, I think in the same arena, and he was kind of like a complimentary type of player to Ben Simmons at the point. But I, I think they got right. something back for him too. I think they got, um, I'm, I don't know the name right in front of me, but yeah, I was I was surprised that Philly traded him like that. I was kind of surprised. Yeah. So. They have a nice core young dudes who can grow together. Booker's a good leader. Like I said, Tyson Chandler. I, I've always loved Tyson Chandler. I like his attitude. He talked to him, you know, you know, got his head on his shoulders. No bullshit, you know, kind of kind of type of player. You know, and, and won't hesitate to take a guy under his wing like um, DeAndre Ayton. So that's good. And then the next big dude, Marvin Bagley Jr. with the Kings. They're kind of intriguing too, you know. They got – DeAndre Fox over there, Willie Cauley signed. They got Bogdan Bogdanovich, yeah. Buddy Heal. They got for the Pelicans last season. So, yeah, they got a young squad too. It's just it's weird how a lot of teams are kind of going. They're going young squad, young dudes. Man, I don't know if you know if we're gonna see a Donovan Mitchell craze every single year. But you know, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind seeing new young talent come in and take over and be, you know, vicious about it like these veterans are. You know, it's refreshing. It was refreshing seeing Donovan Mitchell this year. I would love to see more of him or more of stories like him and come through the NBA. Yeah, it's good to have a new wave of stars come in to kind of like refresh the game. Yeah. Most definitely needed, man. It's most definitely needed because you know basketball is changing. It is forever changing. Sports forever change. You know, football's changing. You know, with the whole not hitting with your head down. I don't know how they're gonna not flag every single time, but yeah, you know, I digress. Yeah, basketball's forever changing. It's forever being spread out where it's everybody can play every position, especially the big men. The big men can take it outside. Like like you said, we've seen it in uh, Anthony Davis. We've seen it in KD. We've seen a lot of players, you know, European players too. So, hey, um, yeah, that's basketball for you, man. It's starting with the young dudes and it's changing, man. And it's, it's just a new dynamic and it's re- refreshing. I like to see yeah. it. Yeah, it's, the game is all about, like, athleticism and versatility now. You know, it, it's hard to find a, a star that specializes in one thing. We used to see big men just being able to take the ball into the post and score automatically every time. You know, 
like Shaquille O'Neal, Tim Duncan type players, David Robinson. Now it's like right, right. It's kind of like um, heading towards what Boston is doing and kind of having positionless basketball. Yeah, true. You know, and you know they have a young core, and you saw how good they were. Oh, yeah. Rozier, Brown, Tatum, Smart. I love. I love Marcus Smart. I love the oh, way he man. plays. He reminds me of like a red-nosed pit bull. And you're not getting in my backyard, bro. You're not getting back here. I love players like that. He's scrappy. He's young. Kind of reminds me of a new age Nate Robinson. I love it. He's not scared to go against LeBron and go chest to chest with him. Mm-hmm. We saw it in the Eastern Conference Finals. They were a they were right damn near uh, a game away. We saw Jason Tatum. He's going to be a star, and he's a star in the making. Watch out, dude. Jason Tatum, dude, that guy has – his ceiling is so, so high. Yeah. I'm excited with this new new group of kids, man. I, it, I it really Tatum is exciting. Could have the best career out of anybody in that draft. I know Donovan Mitchell had a great rookie season, and um, we didn't really see Markel Fultz that much. And I think there are a lot of – players with high ceilings but you just saw jason tate jason tatum at what is he 20 years old um taking it to the rack against lebron and then like kind of gloating in his face afterwards how many people would do that let alone a 20 year old yeah uh, that to me though what he did it was like ooh, calm down bro you're gonna piss off lebron <laughs> you, you know how lebron get easy to come back you know what i'm saying don't don't poke, you know, you know, the sleeping giant, you know, you don't want that to happen. Right. And, um, and at that point, I think he should have just, you know, kept his cool demeanor, but Hey, emotions is emotions. Um, he, it's just, he's an amazing player, man. He's an amazing young player. I can't wait to see more from him. And they've got good veterans yeah. too. Al Horford. I think if Kyrie and uh, Gordon Hayward are healthy, they don't just win the East. I think they have a competitive series with the Warriors and ultimately lose. But yeah, but there's yeah the big but. If we would have loved to see Kyrie versus Cleveland and LeBron, oh, a year it would have been awesome. Yeah. But then we move on to number three. My man Luka Doncic coming out of Slovenia, my peoples. Uh, he was drafted by the Hawks and ultimately traded to the Mavericks, which this is another intriguing trade because you had this. This he's like six eight. He's a six eight point guard. You know, he's saying he got the Euro League MVP. Um, he's going over there to Mavericks. They got Dirk, Dennis Smith Jr., Harrison Barnes, Seth Curry. Uh, West, Wesley Matthews. They got some shooters on their team, but they don't have too many big dudes. You know what I'm saying? They got like Alex Len, and you know I can't think of who else they have out there. But I think they still got Nerlens Noel. They got Nerlens Noel. They do. You're right. So you know that's an intriguing trade. They got a younger core mixed in with a little bit of veteranism. You know, in like Harrison Barnes and Wesley Matthews, and you got um, HOF man himself, mm-hmm. Dirk. So, what do you think? Is that a good trade up? You know, for them to get Luka Doncic for the Mavericks. Yeah, I think it is. I think they got JJ Barea on their team too. Did you say Barea? Yeah, JJ Barea. He, you know, and he's a, he's a vet. He's a vet. They went far. You know, he didn't he was he on the championship team when they won it? I think so. I think it was. So 
Yeah. yeah. He got smacked. He got smacked in the face by Bynum that year. Remember that? And Bynum just like clothesline him coming. Dirt, one of the dirtiest plays in NBA history, in my opinion. But yeah. But I think, yeah. I think that's a good trade up because not only does he help now with the roster that's kind of, I know they sucked last year, but they're kind of in that need to win now area because Dirk, we don't know how many seasons he's got, if he has one season left. But I think. Doncic, Doncic, however you say it, could develop into one of the better point guards and one of the premier players in the league. And he just brings some more excitement to Dallas. Like, I couldn't tell you their last few point guards since Rondo had a disastrous last uh, half season there a couple years ago. I couldn't couldn't tell you who was running the point there. So I, I, yeah, I think it's Dennis, Dennis Smith Jr. at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a solid trade-up. Yeah, most definitely. And and I just wanted to hit the top three, then I wanted to go to our boys, man. Yeah. And number four, number four, which I think is a great pick for Memphis. I think he can go in and start right away. Jaron Jackson Jr., Michigan mm-hmm. State, Spartan. Um, he's over there. They got, yeah, he's going to be 19 in November. So he's still going to be 18 when the season starts and he's coming off a big 10 freshman of the year, defensive player of the year, uh, season at Michigan state. And I think he's got a high ceiling. He's got that inside out game. If he can, uh, he's got kind of a weird outside shot with kind of a low release point, but if he can work on that and consistently make it shot, yeah, I think he's I think he could be one of the higher potential guys in the draft. And if he stays in Memphis his whole career, I think Memphis will look great for having having gotten him at four. Yeah, most most definitely because they don't have a lot working with over there in Memphis. So you know, they got Gasol, Mike Conley, uh Chandler Parsons, Tyreek Evans, who else? You know what I'm saying? So like you can probably plug him in right right away. Mm-hmm. You know, if that might that might know, be bad news for another uh, former one and done out of East Lansing, uh, Deontay Davis, he might he might be on the move now. I think Jaron Jackson might take his spot. Right, yeah, Deontay Davis. It would have behooved him to stay a few more seasons. I don't, I, I, I just don't see him with that like natural talent ability. When you see him, you're like, oh, oh, you this guy passes the eye test. Mm-hmm. Like when you when you saw Jaron Jackson Jr. play, dude, you're like, this guy passes the eye test. And yeah, I'm fucking right. You know what I'm saying? He passes the game test too. Yeah. So like I think you can uh, honestly I plug, I plug him in right right away. I don't want to see like I'm bitter towards Deontay Davis because I totally get wanting to uh get to the NBA as soon as possible. But like just look at how they approach the game almost. Like Jaron Jackson, you see him smiling even when he's on the bench, like he's having fun with his teammates. Deontay Davis got to play with Denzel Valentine and Matt Costello and Bryn Forbes. And he, his face, he just, and his body language just looked like he didn't want to be there. Maybe that's just like how he looks most of the time, but he just, he looked like he didn't want to be there. He looked like he wasn't having fun. And you know, sometimes basketball, that's what it's about. It's just having fun too, you know? Mm -hmm. So, Hey, and Jack so, kind of like he looks like a, a kid approaching a game, you know, like he's excited to play and he's having fun out there with his teammates. Like you'll see him making a funny celebration after he gets a block or 
one time he blocked a shot to uh, ensure a shot clock violation, and he, like, took the ball and spun it around his hip a couple times and, like, just set it on the floor. It was kind of funny. And was... Just having fun with it, man. Yeah. Well, we're going to go from number four in the draft to number 12, Miles Bridges. Uh-huh. Um, he got he got traded to Charlotte. I think he got picked up by the Clippers. That's right. Picked up by the Clippers, traded to to Charlotte, that's intriguing too. You know they don't have too many too much over there. They just got Dwight, uh, uh, back over there. Um, Kemba, Batum. So it's like, uh, I don't know about that. And if Kemba goes to Cleveland, you know where are they at? You know, I don't know about Charlotte. I think Jordan needs to let go of the you know the executive GM part of it, man, because. I, I, I don't know what the dude's doing over there, man. I like I like Kemba Walker, but you know, I'm not never a big fan of Dwight Howard. Never been. He's always been a nice guy. They, never been like. I think they just traded Howard to the Nets. They they did. I'm. I think I think that's what I saw, and I think they got a uh, Michael Kid Gilchrist, and uh Frank. Kaminsky. Other than that, I couldn't tell you any other players on their team. Oh yeah, and they and they got Malik Monk. I think they got Malik Monk okay. over there too. They drafted him last year, so you know, I don't know. I you know I I I don't keep track of Dwight Howard anymore. He's like, if you go look at his like, I was looking at his Wikipedia the other day. He has like every he has a, a every single season he has a different team. It's crazy, dude. Go look at these. So so Dwight to the Nets. I wonder what they got for him. Might have just been a salary dump, but. Bridges, um, I think at twelve, that's a good that's a good um, range for him. I think he probably would have gone in the same pick had he uh, gone after his freshman season at Michigan State. I, I think it's an intriguing pick, and he's entertaining somebody that can put butts in the stands. People are going to want to come see Miles Bridges. Um, he just needs to get more of a killer instinct to me mm-hmm. and go inside. Go inside more than he does, right? And we'll we'll see how his uh sh- his outside game develops because he really he turned himself into a great shooter his sophomore season. Yeah. And then back to twenty five, we were talking about him earlier. Mo Vags, mm-hmm. another gentleman. It'd be kind of be cool to see him go play with Dirk, but hey, he's went to LA. Um, he's over there playing with Lonzo, Young, Kuzman, Young, Ingram, Young, Julius Randle, Young, Isaiah Thomas, Young with a hip injury. Um, they got a pretty intriguing squad, you know, and they got a lot of, you know, people they can move around to, you know. Yeah. You know, Kuzma, Kuzma, Lonzo, and one of those three, Ingram, Isaiah, or Julius Randle might not be there. You know what I'm saying? And if you get the Isaiah Thomas from old, you know, would you be willing to give up Lonzo? Because you get to have your point guard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's all, it's all, it all depends on the health of Isaiah. And I'm not totally sold on Lonzo Ball. I don't think the dude can shoot. You know what I'm saying? I, I, love, I love his uh, self, unselfish uh, approach to the game. He's a pass first, mm-hmm. play first person. Um, I like Kuzma. I think Kuzma's pretty good small for it. Like like Ingram, he's like wiry, reminds me of a little mini KD. They got a good squad of young dudes. Can they grow? Can they be the Warriors? That's the ultimate question. No, I don't I don't think they can beat the Warriors, but I do think 
uh, getting Wagner at 25th, I think that's excellent value. I think that's excellent value to get a player of that quality later in the first round towards the end. I'm not sure if it was their only pick, but I'm, I'm, I think it was their only pick in the first round, at least. And I think they got pretty good value out of it. Yeah, most definitely. They needed they needed a stretch, you know. Um, think, I want to see v- v- Wagner bulk up a little bit because he's going to get bumped around on the inside. Um, the Lakers are are happy with him. They say he's very charismatic. And, you know, it, I might, like it, might, be, it might be two or three years before we really start hearing from – Bridges or Wagner or, or even Jackson, it might it might take them a couple of years to adjust, you know. But that's that's totally normal. Yeah, totally normal. But you know, with the way these kids are coming out of the gate nowadays, uh, it, it's probably sooner than later. Yeah, I do want to talk about the Pistons because I think what they did in the second round was actually pretty solid. I give them like a B B plus range for. Um, Trading for Kyrie Thomas, guy out of Creighton, who can shoot, and he won Big East Defensive Player of the Year. He might have won it twice. I think he just won it once, though. And then drafting uh, Brown out of Miami. I think they they added some guard slash forward depth. Again, those kind of positionless players who are versatile athletes. I think they added two of those players. I'm not I'm not saying like let's all jump on the Pistons bandwagon, but for what they had from their last regime for what the last regime left them with. I think they, they did pretty solid with what they had. (laughs) Yeah, I think, excuse me. I think Dwayne Casey, um, I'm, I'm giving Dwayne Casey the benefit of the doubt, you know, Mm -hmm. because he took Raptors, even though they got freaking LeBron toed, he's, he, he took them from, you know, no namers and he developed these, kids you know me i'm about 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 developing about developing about developing instead of just hoarding you know talent like harbaugh or lebron seem to do and it just doesn't work you know so i'm with Dwayne casey he got nba coach of the year by his peers and then gets fired a week later which is just ridiculous to me so i hope he can come here and develop his players but i just i don't i know when you're you, you can't say anything bad about your players, right? But you know he had his uh he had his uh you know presser with Tom Gore the other day. I was watching it. Is Reggie Blake and Andre and whatever? I'm not really sold that those guys are actually big three. You know you know material. My and you know I don't think they're like oh my god these guys are taking us over. Top three young dudes, Henry Ellison, Luke Kennard, and Stanley Johnson, that he thinks are gonna take us over the top. He thinks that Stanley Johnson is somebody that can go out there and guard 23 from Cleveland. That was his words 23 from Cleveland. And I'm thinking, are, are, are you joking right now? You're kidding me right now. Stanley Johnson could not stop LeBron James on his best day. Is he getting better? Do I see potential in? Uh, Stanley Johnson. Oh yes, most definitely. I see. I see a, a LeBron type potential in him. But is he going to get there? You know, maybe Dwayne Casey's the guy to put him over the top. I'm kind of mm-hmm. excited to see what's going on because I was never a fan of Ron Jeremy. I mean, my bad. Uh, <laughs> Stan Van Gundy. Uh, 
but yeah, I'm excited to see what's going on. Still not seeing Andre. Uh, still not sold on Blake Griffin. So I'm going to see how it goes. I hope this guy can make something out of nothing because I think he is a good coach. I think he's good basketball-minded coach. But then again, w- when he wasn't talking, Tom Gorris was talking, and it was just like, bro, just please sell the Pistons. <laughs> I think it's interesting that Casey brought up Henry Ellenson because that's a player we – haven't seen like at all since he got drafted got drafted two years ago he was a good he was a fine college player at Marquette drafted when when they drafted him I I wasn't super pleased but I was like okay like I'm not I'm not upset at that and we just we haven't seen him I don't know why I don't know what for we just haven't seen Henry Ellenson at all and Luke Kennard could end up being a fine a good player well, just he's he's not Darko by any stretch, but what what the Pistons passed on to get him will haunt him the rest of his career, I think. Yeah, unless he proves us wrong, because I see him and I see just I see like a, a like a a young kid, and he looks like a deer in the headlights. He's like he's scared, you know what I'm saying? It's just like it's like I don't I don't see a man on the court. Is that bad to say? It's like he still looks like he's and and I'm not trying to knock him because he's young. He's you know in his early twenties and he could develop and you know you know end up like Birdman you know over the years with you know neck tattoos and stuff. But I just I don't I see a meek person when I see him. I just don't see somebody that'll be able to take us over the hump like he thinks. I haven't seen enough of Henry Ellison to tell you this this, but I have seen enough of Stanley Johnson where I think he. I feel like he has potential. He has no jump shot whatsoever, but he takes it to the rack with a good, you know, you know, steam behind him. You know, had a steam. He plays good defense. If he starts developing Stanley Johnson, I think Stanley Johnson could become a LeBron S type player. But that's if he develops him properly, and, and if and if Stanley actually takes it on and becomes that, you know what I'm saying? So he's definitely got the athleticism. Definitely. I'll give him that dude for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but yeah so I right. good. Do we want to move on to the uh summer movies we've seen? We could move on to the summer movies um we've seen. Um we can start off with solo or we can start off with Infinity Wars. Um, NUH, you want to take it? I know you're kind of. I saw, I saw your um, your your post right after you saw it on Facebook about oh my god, the cameo, the cameo. So, people, please understand if you have not seen Solo and if you have not seen Infinity Wars, spoiler alert, all caps, exclamation marks. This is your so um, spoiler alert warning. Right, all caps. All caps. Exclamation points. Five exclamation points. Five? Damn, I was going with three, but we can go with five. Let's, uh, let's so, start off with Infinity War because it's been out longer. Uh, absolutely. All Take right. it away, Joe. Yeah. We have seen the last 10 years of Marvel Studios movies in the MCU come to fruition in a record-breaking, I think, two-and-a-half-hour movie. 
the Avengers Infinity War. Um, obviously, there will be spoilers, as we have said. I thought it was one of the best MCU movies, easily top five. I think it was the best Avengers movie of the three that have come out. You know, the first, Age of Ultron, and now Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And it was devastating in some points, but it kept us, kept you on your seat the first time you watch it. It keeps you guessing. You don't know what's happening. But ultimately, they lose. Like, this is one of the first superhero movies, and obviously it's part one of two. Everybody knows that, I think. But they lost. And there was a point at the end where Thor gets Stormbreaker and he gets Thanos in the shoulder or in the chest. And you think for a second, damn, Thor really did it. He pulled it off at the last second. Unbelievable. And no, he didn't. And there were a lot of opportunities that were squandered by the Avengers, kind of. But overall, I give it I give it a solid B plus. I think it's a good movie. Yeah, Joe, I'm with you, dude. I love Avengers. Um, I love the end of it. It set it up for, um, you know, you know, my mind, Captain Marvel, you know, to come into the whole fray. But I feel like you can go like any which way with this. Um, for in for the for the movie um, perspective about it, it was just like you know, Thanos is just was on a from the get. It was just complete action, you know, action packed. Um, I think we got to see a little lighter side of Thanos and he actually loved Gamora. Um, I thought that was to me, one of the biggest, you know, influences on that movie to me, because it like that stone, getting that stone meant more to him than anything. And um, you can't, you know, a lot of people might agree with Thanos, you know, the, 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 the universe is too overpopulated, you know, so he just, you know, snaps his fingers and everything ends like the Sopranos. But, you know, there were so many points squandered, you know, the, you know, Star Lords, you know, punching him in the face while they're trying to rip the, uh, his, you know, his gauntlet off, you know, um, the whole battle, you know, Wakanda and how, you know, he did the, did the stone and turn back time and whatever and whatnot. But we all failed to forget that. Did they really lose though? Because Dr. Strange sat there and saw 15 million different possibilities, outcomes. And that's crazy to me because if you've seen Avengers 15 million times and you do not spoilers, you know, (laughs) you know, that's awesome to you, Mr. Cumberbatch, but he saw 15 million times and, you know, is what we is what we saw really what we thinking is the end? You know what I'm saying? Is there more? Did he see more? Did he see more past? You know, you know Thanos looking off, you know, into you know the you know the sky and whatever and whatnot. Are these guys really dead, or can they come back? Is everybody going to come back from Ash? I don't see them getting rid of everybody like that. I don't see them getting rid of Spider-Man like that. I don't see them getting rid of a Black Panther like that. I can see them having another Black Panther movie. It was it was so, you know, lucrative for Marvel. So it's, yeah. He did say, you know, yeah. we're in the end game now and this is how we win to uh, Stark, Iron Man. You know. Right. 
And I want to. So it's, it's it's really Lord for a second. You know, he he is half human. Uh, his, obviously his dad was a god with a small G and a planet um, that they defeated in Volume Two of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, uh-huh. You know who's who's to say like once they get the gauntlet off of Thanos, like Thanos is still stronger than all of them combined, and Mantis couldn't hold him in sleep forever. Like I still think he could have gotten the gauntlet back from them because he's he's a titan. You know he's he's still stronger than all of them. He's still one of the stronger beings out there. Right. Yeah, and like, there's so many like tie-ins that go into you know, like in the comic books. You know, you know, Adam Warlock comes and like pretty much gets the gauntlet back, turns everything good. You know, and then he then he starts like the Infinity Guild, and he gives a he gives a stone to Drax, he gives a stone to Gamora, he takes one himself, he gives one to Pip the Troll, which was um. Peter Dinklage played Pip the Troll. That's why I was yeah. like, "Oh my God, they Pip the Troll!" You know, are, are they are, are they going to split up the stones now? Afterwards, is Adam Warlock going to come out of his cocoon from uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two? You know, is that is that the route they're going to go? And then they end it with Captain Marvel. So it's just it's a conundrum to me, but it can go so many different ways. Yeah, it could. Yeah, I think I don't know how many movies we're going to get until. Uh... Infinity War Part 2 comes out. I know we're going to get Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the, there's just like so many different things. Like we didn't see the Hulk after Thanos just kicked his ass in the opening scene. Like he messed with the Hulk mentally. Like the Hulk what, couldn't come out of his cage and, and do his thing. Right. And I, And I read something else about why he might have not not that he might have been not scared of Thanos. He might have been like, screw the people of Earth. Because, you know what I'm saying? He was just, you know, the whole, you know, he was been away Thor Ragnarok. You know, he's on another planet. He's all pissed off. Banner's not coming back. No yeah. Banner here. You know, he's all pissed off at humans in the Earth. He might have just been like, screw this. I don't want to fight this guy for these guys, you know. But who knows? That was just somebody's theory I read. Um. Yeah. We'll, we'll see where it goes with that one. That was so Yeah. Yeah, and you know what's crazy too is just like it, it throws a, a a loophole in the MCU, you know, world because, like you said, they have a the, a, a new Spider-Man movie coming out, the animated one. Did you see that one with the new Spider-Man, Miles Morales, the you know yeah. half black, half half Latino kid, and um. Is killing Spider-Man off in this one going to have them take a different route? You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's like, like, what if they don't bring back a Peter Parker? What if Peter Parker is dead and they're 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 replacing him with Miles Morales? What if this is the turning point? You know what I'm saying? I don't know because I heard there's there's more uh, there's another Spider-Man in the works with the actor that they have now, which I, he's my favorite Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, that, that's played Spider-Man. Oh yeah, he's awesome. I, I I like him better than Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield's a really, really, really good actor. I think he was too cool of a Spider-Man. Tobey yeah. Maguire just couldn't couldn't stand him. This guy is just he plays it really good. So I hope they don't kill him off. But that's the route they could take. You know what I'm saying? Because Donald Glover Donald Glover plays Miles in the last Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. So it's 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 it's. Oof. 
they can go anywhere with yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think there's too much money to be made off of a Black Panther franchise and series of movies to um to keep uh the Black Panther uh, T'Challa killed off. I, I definitely think he's coming yeah. back. And you know we've already talked about um you know Mark Hamill and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three possibly, and all of them except for um Rocket and Nebula are gone at the end of Infinity Wars. Right. So, uh, yeah, man, dude, it's going to end crazy. It was sad seeing Groot go. (laughs) Groot's my favorite. Um, I love Groot, especially, like, they kill off, like, a teenage Groot. I was just like, oh, my God, you know, teenage Groot, teenage Peter Parker. It's like, ah, it's turned to ash. It it, kind of sucked seeing uh, Nick Fury go. You know, yeah. uh, you know, I love Samuel L. Jackson, but he he, he raised mother, right. yeah, dude. He drops this famous line and then this like turns to ash. But you know, he called he called Carol, Carol Danvers right, Miss Miss <laughs> Marvel, Captain Marvel. So that we're gonna probably see Captain Marvel, probably see Ant Man and Wasp before we definitely see the Avengers movie. So, um, yeah. Uh, it's it's curious to see how it all comes together. I want it to eventually kind of come to an end, kind of like the, the Logan. You know, Logan came to end, and it came to end with such a, such a good ending, such a good movie with old man Logan. You know, it kind of brought it to an end because you know not, he's not going to want to play for, for Professor X for long uh, forever. He's not going to want to play, you know, Wolverine forever. So it was good kind of passing of the torch and saying goodbye to those guys. I hope they end it like this because I don't want to be 75 and watching Avengers 29, you know? <laughs> right. Well, um, we'll probably be seeing Star Wars movies every year until until we're both gone. Um, but I'm a, yeah. I love the movie Solo, but now I'm kind of a little sad. Because there are there is that generation of Star Wars fans who grew up with the originals. There, I call it, I think they're the angry Star Wars generation, where just every move that comes out, like hate it, it sucked, no, no worth seeing. You know, it's it's no good. Not better than not better than four, five, six. Yeah. A lot of them boycotted watching Solo, and what I've heard is that the Kenobi project is now being put on hold because of. And so was the bubble. How poor the ratings did for Solo. But honestly, I thought Solo was a great movie, better than The Last Jedi. Um, I'm agree with you, and they're saying they're they're even putting the Boba Fett movie on hold, which is which is is to me is a killer because it didn't do as good as they say Rogue One, but Rogue One didn't come out against Deadpool 2. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, the you're coming out, out against movies like that. You know what I'm saying? Incredibles, it was out, you know, came out a week, a few weeks after. You know what I'm saying? You're going against movies like that. Like Rogue, Rogue One didn't need to step up to that. And and Rogue One was pretty much a filler movie. So whatever, whatnot, this was totally different. But it had the same Star Wars feel to it. I loved Solo. I loved I loved the... Uh, all the little Easter eggs, you know, the golden dice, you know, him wearing Nerf leather, you know, back, you know, back at the end and uh, taking the card from Lando uh, when he shakes his hand and then dealing it at the end to win the Falcon. Right. And then, and then, and then when you watch, when you watch episode four, you know, he, the, the first time we hear about, uh, 
the castle. Uh, Han Solo was sitting there. He's talking about, he's like, you don't know who I am? You know, I ran it in 12 parsecs. <laughs> we never knew what it was, dude. And we see him do it in, in, in Solo. So I'm watching. It's like, oh, my God, this is what he was talking about right here. My wife's looking at me like, what? I'm like, you'll see. I'll, 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 I'll tell you afterwards. And, like, little stuff like that, little nuances like that in the movie. And he, like, just says to some random passerby, he's like, hey, we just did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and it's it's it, it's it's so like drops everything. You find out how he like meets Chewie, you know, and how they escape. He's talking, dude. It was just per- and like his facial expressions. He he mimicked and mocked Harrison Ford so well because Harrison Ford, you know, his Han Solo had that overly smile, yeah. the overly look, like- the drops of the mouth, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah the mannerisms. On point. Yes, definitely, and and I, I and I think if you end it now, if you end the the Obi Wan movie now, and if you end the Boba Fett movie now, I think you lose your audience with the whole Darth Maul cameo. Yeah, like I think I think it's all going to be tied in. Like I think I when I saw Darth Maul, like first of all, I was freaking out. But afterwards, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna be in the Kenobi movie. Like that's the that's the logical next step is to tie it all together. If we get a Boba Fett movie and a Kenobi movie, we're gonna see Darth Maul possibly two more times. Um, obviously, anybody who watched the uh, the Clone Wars on Netflix knows, like, yeah, Darth Maul comes back. So there were a lot of people who didn't watch it who were like, uh, I can't be the same guy. Like it's just somebody of the same species. Like it's not it's not him." Yeah, that was that was so out of the blue because I I just assumed it was going to be like someone we knew or somebody from the movie, which I thought they introduced a few awesome characters like uh, Enfys Nest looked fucking sweet and like takes off the helmet. We find out it's a girl and we all like assumed it was a man, but it was this like kick ass chick. That was awesome. Right. And like to me, like I, I think Darth Maul if they do go on with doing the Boba Fett and the Obi-Wan movie, I think Darth Maul brings all three of those movies together. And I'll tell you why. So like, so Darth Maul is linked to me to Boba Fett because he took over Mandalore for a little bit. Boba Fett's from Mandalore. You know what I'm saying? He was, um, he's, he's hired bounty hunter. Uh, Darth Maul's hired bounty hunters. He's part of that, the Crimson uh, Dawn and you know he's a leader of that he's you heard you heard uh woody harrelson talk about him killing aura singh and bosk which bosk we know is the lizard dude in the first you know i think the second uh, five and six he's one of the bounty hunters so he, yeah so he kills them aura singh is the one that pretty much like raised boba fett so i can see how darth darth maul brings boba fett uh and solo into the fray. And Obi Wan, we know Obi Wan. He comes back in the Clone Wars. They have a final face off in the Rebel series. If you want to watch the cartoon Rebel series, yeah. Joe, watch that too. It's a four seasons. It's like sixteen episodes long. It's called the Rebels. They introduce you know two new Jedi, Ezra Bridger and Jarrus, uh, Kanan Jarrus, which are awesome, awesome characters. Freddie Prince Jr. actually voices uh, Kanan Jarrus. Um, and he was like Obi-Wan's, he was Obi-Wan's, uh, Padawan for a little bit. And then another one took over and he didn't get his full, it's watch that series. It's pretty good. 
So, um, yeah, we see their showdown, but there's so much more to that. So I think Darth Maul would bring all three of these movies together. That's if they actually do it, you know, and, and me hearing that they putting on hold is just a killer to me. Cause I think it'll, it'll tie those three movies together so well. Yeah. And I've, I'm, I'm pissed off at the angry star Wars generation. That's, that's boycotting movies. Now it's like, you know, rarely do we see sequels or, spin-offs or um reboots that are as good as the original unless we're talking about like i don't know just like get your head out of your ass like of course the originals were great movies like fantastically done and but you build them up so much that it's impossible to live up to those expectations yeah every movie's gonna suck if you hold it up to this movie that you hold in such high standards Yeah, most definitely. I think if anybody can get through the Phantom Menace, you're good after that. Yeah, you're 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 great after that. That's just that's just my opinion. And plus, dude, what other franchise of movies can you sit there and say impacted your life as a kid? Has been going on forty plus years. You know what I'm saying? You know, before we know it, before we know it, before we die, Joe, Star Wars would have been around for a hundred years. Yeah. Think about that, bro. Think about that probably one of the longest running franchises in in my lifetime you know what i'm saying and to and, and to boycott it and say hey you creator of star wars you can't do that <laughs> i'd be like fuck you i'm doing it you know what i'm saying because they told me not to do it in 77 and i did it and they told me it wouldn't work in 1980 and i did and I did it in 83. And then I did it 23 years later. And then I, you know, and I'm doing it 40 years later. Right. Don't tell me. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I know it comes to the point where it's like social media and, you know, all these protests and all these, you know, we'll sign a petition not to make Star Wars, blah, 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 blah. It's like, get off your high horse, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just awesome. enjoy, enjoy what this man's given you for the past almost 50 years and just shut up. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of, like, becomes all about ratings. Like, people know, if I don't go see this movie, like, opening weekend, like, it's bound to tank. Like, we're going to see all of the good projects move to Netflix because Netflix doesn't take ratings into account, and it just makes movies. That's what we're going to see. Right. Yeah, most definitely, man. Yeah. And like, and, and, and you know, and you know what? And when the Disney Channel, you know, puts out their Netflix on demand, and they're, they're going to put out their uh, the Star Wars, you know, live action, you know, show. Yeah. I hope these people just shut the hell up because I don't want them to ruin that either. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited when I heard that John Favreau is going to be heading it. Awesome. Yeah. You know, look what he did for the MCU world with Iron Man. He kicked it off. Right. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy what these people are doing every day. The, you know, it's going through the mind 24-7. I bet you George Lucas' mind has not ceased to think about Star Wars every single day of his life and make new stories and new characters and new angles and, you know, make his legacy, his non-legacy, you know, uh, storylines. You know, that's a lot. Yeah. Enjoy it and witness greatness and just shut up. You know? yeah. Not only that, it's racked him in billions upon billions of dollars. Like... Most merchandise definitely. alone probably <laughs> right and not only that his his industrial his industrial light and sound is done not just for star wars 
for other assets of the entertainment business. So it's like that man has done more than just Star Wars. So that that dude's one of my heroes. You know, I'm not just going to all geek out about it, dude, but what a good guy George Lucas is, man. And I'm glad that, that, that he was put on this earth and gave us Star Wars and continues to do so. Yeah, it's good shit. Good shit. I think that's as good a place as I need to do our recap. Well, we talked about the, uh, the golden domination we are seeing in the NBA currently and how long it probably will roll forward. And uh, talked about, well, where we could see some potential, some, uh, some of the stars going. Talked about some good rosters we see developing post-NBA draft and who our favorite prospects were. Obviously talked about our local kids. Uh, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., Mo Wagner, and uh, Miles Bridges. Give a little update on the Pistons and uh, what we think about Dwayne Casey. And still kind of too early to tell, but we're giving the man the benefit of the doubt because he's done some good th- stuff up north. Yeah. And um, obviously talked about two of the latest summer hits, Avengers Infinity War, the – on the in the ten year anniversary of uh, Iron Man, is when it comes out, came out, and we talked about Solo and the the future of Star Wars. Hopefully, there's yeah, a Star I, Wars. Right. Hopefully, there is a good future for Star Wars. But, yeah. But yeah, Joe. Um, I brought this up to you. Uh, maybe we'll bring it up on the next episode. We got some departures ahead for The Walking Dead. Um. Maybe we'll both see The Incredibles 2. We waited a long time for that. And um, mm-hmm. I've seen Deadpool 2. Have you seen Deadpool 2? I have seen Deadpool 2, and I've seen Incredibles 2. I've not seen Incredibles 2 yet, but we can bring that up on our next show. And um, we'll probably be getting more into the movie topics since we are entering the dead of summer, post-NBA, post-NHL, baseball, world. Right. We can talk a little bit about the um, the big three league, the three-on-three basketball league that Ice Cube started with all the ex-pros. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Maybe we'll yeah, it's just something. It might be something. Yeah. I think we're just – I think we are just under 70 days until Michigan State and Michigan football return. So, we'll, we'll get into that too in this upcoming season. Most definitely. All right, Joe. All right. Good talks, brother. Everybody, thanks for listening. I'm Sasha. And I'm Joe. And this was Season 3, Episode 1, our anchor debut of Beards for Radio. Thank you. All right. All right.